0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: What we're experiencing today is what I call the passive wrath of God. The active wrath of God is when fire and brimstone falls down. The passive wrath of God is when he lets you endure the consequence of you leaving him out. Mm -hmm. So since God has been left out, we're dealing with the repercussions of his dismissal.
0: Coming up on Life Today, Pastor Tony Evans examines the root of our nation's unrest and presents a threefold plan for reclaiming freedom, morality, and strength.
2: Today, I'm Betty, and this
3: is James. Well, we welcome you to life today, and Tony Evans is with us. Dr. Tony Evans is one of my favorite people on the planet. Now, his whole family comes here all the time. Anthony <laughs> comes here. Priscilla <laughs> comes here. This is really the Evans Gospel Hour, <laughs> and it is paid for by Life Outreach <laughs> International. Now, listen to me. He's back with us, and I'm glad. He can come every week, as far as I'm concerned. He would probably come every day. Most of you say, I wish you would, and you stay home. But here's the deal. America. I have an idea. He loves America. I have an idea. He's grateful for it. I have an idea he's concerned about it. Turning a nation to God, and it needs to turn to God, because I think our origin has roots in God and prayer and biblical truth. Would you welcome Dr. Tony Evans to life today? (laughs) Doc, good to see you. You're my buddy.
1: Thank you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, buddy.
3: All right, right. Right. you and I are concerned about the country. We know that. Absolutely. Do you think God's concerned about the country?
1: Uh, God is very concerned about the country. In fact, he's... uh concerned enough that uh, this country has uh, forgotten him, ignored him, marginalized him, put him out there on the loop, and he wants to come back to dead center, and he's waiting for his people to bring him back.
3: Right. And, and that, they're the only ones who can
1: Absolutely. God is not going to skip the church house to change the White House. So he's, uh, he's waiting for his people to invite him back in so that he can be comfortable again and at home in a nation that he helped start.
3: You know what I actually think? When you look at the way that the houses in Congress act and behave, that incredible divide, it's actually more vicious, more unkind, more hostile, uh, guilty of more character assassination attempts, then a lot of church leaders, but I think that the church through the years may have taught them some of their actions and the way They treat each other.
1: Well, we've we've taught it and they've learned it. And so everybody's doing it uh, <laughs> uh, And uh, so I think we need to teach a new lesson mm-hmm. so they can learn a new lesson So we can have a renewed country and we can get this republic back to what it ought to have been and should become
3: Do you think it's too late for us to get back?
1: Oh, no, in fact, this is a great time to get back. Throughout Scripture, when things were falling apart and things looked hopeless and God's people came back together and invited God's manifest presence back in, things got turned around, revival happened, and restoration of the culture took place. The opposite took place, of course, when they left God out. In fact... Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 says, when God shakes things up, it's really because He's talking and wants to be reinvited. So actually, He's screaming right now, saying, "Let me in!" And when we decide to do that, we can expect the kind of turnaround that we desperately, desperately need.
2: How do how do we get the church to reach for that hope again? Because a lot of I, I, I'm. A, I'm afraid, have just sat back and said, well, it, it's hopeless. I'm just going to wait till Jesus comes back. I'm just going to hang in there.
1: Well, that's like a person saying, well, because I know I'm going to die, I'm not going to jog. I mean, you don't use, <laughs> you, you don't use a negative reality yeah. to stop a positive responsibility. Of course, if Jesus comes back, we don't have to worry about any of this. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't come back for another 200 years, you better worry about all of this. <laughs> this is our children, our grandchildren, that's our right. great-grandchildren. They're going to grow up in some kind of mm-hmm. world, and it should be a world that we affect for good. So you are ne- never use eschatology to destroy proper uh, ecclesiology. The church has a responsibility. Define
3: ecclesiology for the average person ecclesiology like
1: Ecclesiology is the doctrine of the church. <laughs> it's what the church is supposed to be about in history, which is to represent God's kingdom. Eschatology is the expectation of last things. So don't use the return of, ch- uh, of Jesus Christ for uh, spiritual and social inertia. Well, you know, people
3: say, well, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Well, it doesn't have to. It's just like saying, well, our field's going to grow weeds. Well, it doesn't have to. But it's going to be briar-ridden. It doesn't have to if you'll be a dedicated, committed farmer and do what you're supposed to do to bring forth good fruit. We do not have to give the earth, which is here to declare heaven and earth, declaring his glory. We don't have to give the earth to the enemy to declare all of the negativity the devil throws on us. We don't have to do that, do we?
1: We shouldn't do it. We must not do it. And we will be responsible for the demise of America if we do it. Mm. So it is absolutely critical that we stop having religion and stop merely playing church and start getting some disciples who are visible, verbal followers of Christ who go public with their faith. Everybody else is coming out the closet. We might as well come out, too, and make it absolutely clear where we stand as representatives of Jesus Christ in a loving but responsible and biblically-centered way.
3: Right, and you know, you and I have talked uh, because you were asking, what do you think about various people and so forth for leadership? And I said this to you, and I say it to the whole world. I do not believe as the church, and as Christians, we're kingmakers. I believe we have a king. His name is Jesus. And I believe what we do is we hold up the standards of that king to every would-be king, to every would-be a representative, would-be a chosen leader, and we show them those standards, and we do not move the standard even if we fail, if we're frail, and if we have literally miss the mark, we don't move the mark. So if we as the as the people of God will hold the standard up high enough, clear enough, and then if we'll demonstrate it as a body of Christ, I think the world will behold him in his glory. I think they might even find him attractive.
1: Well, our job uh, is to make him attractive. And of course, Far too many Christians as Jesus' body have made him unattractive, so the world has gone away from him. But let's let's dress him up, the Bible calls it glory. (laughs) Glory is uh, putting on display of who he is really like, so he becomes the attractive savior that he already is, but he's viewed that way because of how we've made him so appealing to the world around us. Our solutions will not land on Air Force One. Politics will not be the end all cure for what is wrong in America. God is not gonna allow other kings to compete with him, just like you said. But when the Church of Jesus Christ becomes the church of Jesus Christ and visibly demonstrates his glory through his love based on his word, we will see his hand return back to turn things around. It's if my people, not if those people, if my people. Mm -hmm. If he can't get our attention, why do we think he's gonna get the culture's attention? If the church is not listening, why should the world listen? So it's time for salt and light to start lighting things up for the kingdom of God so that this world sees that world in its midst. Now, do you agree with what you're hearing from this great pastor?
3: In a democracy where a majority rules and chooses, if you're going to have a representative, if that representative is gonna be a representative of the people, then that representative is going to represent the people who participated in the process of selection. And if the righteous rule, the people rejoice. If the righteous don't rule, the people mourn. Righteous people are identified and discerned and line up to lead because people support them. If the righteous people don't even participate, don't get informed, don't get involved, don't take a stand, you're not gonna have righteous people elected and selected to represent if the righteous people just stay in the church, covered by the steeple, singing Kumbaya while the world marches to hell. We have got to, in this day, select these leaders, encourage righteous people to run for office who know what righteousness is, and it's not self-righteousness. Don't you believe the church has kinda checked out on the process, and now we've got leaders that too often look like the people who are choosing them and the other state
1: at church? Well, the problem is that we have stopped training people About the kingdom of God and let them be satisfied with going to church and as a result of that we do not have people in education who represent the kingdom of God in that sphere yet we complain that in education it's become secular well you can't spend your time complaining about darkness if you got a bulb in the room that's not on the job (laughs) of the bulb is to change the conversation (laughs) from darkness to light that's in every sphere lawyers doctors engineers everybody if God can get representatives who represent represent heaven on earth in the sphere of their influence, then we can return the light to dark places and then celebrate God's re-emergence in those locations because his body is shown up
3: there. You know what? And I think it'll turn around pretty quick when we do that. You believe we turn the light on, we'll be able to see the obvious that needs to be corrected. But when you just grope around in darkness and deception, you're going to live in defeat. That's right. And that's precisely where we're saying. Let Let me read a couple of these little segments in here. Because, you know, you wrote all this stuff, and I have an idea you probably preached it before you wrote it. It's, uh, you, you said, returning to the king. The king is your problem. We got the wrong kings. We got the wrong force, wrong source that we're dependent on today.
1: Well, this was taken from Second Chronicles chapter fifteen, verses three to six. In those days, there was no true God, no teaching priest, no law. There was high crime. It says, nation rose up against nation, The city rose up against city. And then it says, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. Now, if God is your problem, only God is your solution. <laughs> it says God was the problem, not the devil, but because God had been dismantled from the culture the culture deteriorated. What we're experiencing today is what I call the passive wrath of God. The active wrath of God is when fire and brimstone falls down. The passive wrath of God is when he lets you endure the consequence of you leaving him out. Mm-hmm. So since God has been left out, we're dealing with the repercussions of his dismissal. So we need the return of the king, mm-hmm. not pseudo-kings, in order to get this thing turned around. We, got, we have to take God off of the margins and bring him back downtown, where the decisions are
3: made. Yeah, I want to know if everybody's listening. Are you all hearing what he's just saying out here? And everybody at home, let me just say this. Hey, listen to me. All, uh, everybody, everybody in the hey, in the inner city, in the in the black community, listen to me. We need fathers. And if you don't have a father, there is a father that is ready to be the greatest father on the planet. And if you want to be a father, be a father that fathers that father. Every one of us have got to get right with the Father. It has nothing to do with our color. It has to do with who is running our lives, and we're allowing the enemy to ruin our lives when we leave God the Father out. If we leave him out, we're done. And the wrath of God is revealed in that this wrath is revealed by the decisions and choices we make and the consequences that are the result. And we are seeing the consequences of leaving him out and changing his truth.
1: One of the great things about being in America is you get to choose things. You you get the freedom of choice. That was a a freedom given by God to humanity in the Garden of Eden. He gave them the freedom of choice. But he also showed, when you don't choose me, there are gonna be consequences to that choice. Absolutely. So I'll give you the freedom to choose but you won't control all the consequences of that choice if you don't choose me. Wow! The culture has stopped choosing God and now we've got thorns and thistles are no longer a garden.
3: Now, you know, I, I was a fatherless child. I'm the product of a forced sexual relationship on a 40-year-old hospice-type home nurse and a doctor wouldn't abort me. So my birth is a miracle because somebody had convictions and said this child has potential, possibilities. I, I believe that I'm an example to so many of the fatherless communities Mm -hmm. that a fatherless boy can find a father. I know your family. Your family's here. I love your family. I love you. I love Lois. Mm -hmm. Lois, how are you, sweetheart? (laughs) We love you so very much. You are such a beautiful person. And you know, I feel like that you long for every child to have a father. And you've tried with your mentoring programs and the urban renewal, and people want to know what you're doing, they could go to Tony Evans Ministries. TonyEvans.org. TonyEvans.org. And see what he's doing. But let me tell you something: He would like to help every school. He'd like to help every community have somebody that's representing the father to little children. I mean, this this man has such a heart. He's a marvelous communicator. But see this preaching. The reason I turned to you and said, "Listen to what he said." I was trying to bring it home. It's got to come home to you. You can't just sit here and cheer the sermon. You don't go out and talk about the great flower. And the fragrance of it. Go out and become a well-watered garden. You go out and be the fruitful example and expression of the Father that Dr. Evans is talking about. The King is Jesus. Let, let me let me just mention this next one. Returning as the church, if my people mm-hmm. it depends upon us to correct this nation's course
1: absolutely you know we are taking a three-point plan around all over the nation through through our national ministry the urban alternative plan one the churches come together in an area and establish an annual solemn assembly a sacred gathering that sacred gathering throughout scripture and church history was an invitation for God to return his presence into the midst of his people and overflow into the broader culture part 2 Good works. That is where you do things that benefit the society in which you live. Our focus is on adopting schools. If every public school gets adopted by a church or a group of churches across racial lines so that you have a reconciliation through service, not through seminars, then you provide fathers to the fatherless, mentoring, tutoring, family support services, and nobody disagrees with education, kids, or families. Church, schools, and families make up every community, so you now have a good work coming out of a solemn assembly. Point three, now you have a common voice. Because you became unified in the solemn assembly did good works for the whole of your community through the adopting of schools Now you have a unified voice to address the issues that come up in your community Because you're now respected for the good works You did because of the return of God in the solemn assembly you do that in every community You just touch the whole nation without anybody moving anywhere because everything is already situated in every community to get it done
3: That's the church. That's the body of Christ Christ's work. You like what you're hearing. Does it make sense to you? God says, God says, come, let us reason together. Reasoning begins with God, begins with his, begins with his wisdom, his word, his truth. But reason together. He also invites us to the table of reason, to sit in, in godly counsel. I want to ask you, because I think this is very important, but I want to see if we agree on this. I believe if people will get right with God, I believe our government can look right to God. I believe we not only need a good government, I believe we can have a good and a great government that really is for the people and of the people and by the people who are involved in making it that way. I believe we can correct this nation's course, and I think if they could build the walls in Nehemiah in a matter of weeks, we can rebuild this nation's foundation, restore the protective walls, I believe we can see a government that has been healed by the wisdom and truth of God and people reasoning with God and
1: one another. Do you believe that? I I am convinced of that, and we've got to get one little thing straight. It is not that we're waiting on God, it is that God is waiting on us. Mm -hmm. Whenever God did something significant in the scripture, his people had to move first. And when he moved, when they moved demonstrating faith, he responded to their movement. So we've got people waiting on God when God is saying, as soon as y'all get around to doing something, I'll show up. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus' prayer that we talk about all the time in John 17. They become one, it goes on to say, and then they'll see my glory. So Satan keeps us from becoming one so that we don't see his glory. Do you believe
3: that my heart's right in what I'm trying to, to encourage people to do? Do you believe that we're moving in a positive direction right here where we are?
1: I think there are very few people who have gone out on the limb like you have to exercise and demonstrate your love for people and not just articulate it and using the resources at your disposal, including this awesome program, to send out the message and messengers of love worldwide. Not only is the heart sincere of you and Betty, but the ministry has demonstrated it in word and deed. And that's why i am love to call you my friend and I'm grateful for all God is doing through your life and ministry. Well, I
3: take that as a compliment with great gratitude. I want all of you here to listen and everybody here. I take it as a compliment, but it's a compliment to everybody who has decided to do what you just said you see us doing. It isn't us. It's a body. Mm -hmm. And that is the key. The people who help us help you, the people who help us help others. We're about to show little children, you know, that desperately need, they just just need a cup of water. Absolutely. And we're going to show people what love does. And let me tell you something. You love doing it. Now, Mm -hmm. now, Now, let's get this. Don't you dare settle for defeat. The Lord Jesus did not leave us here to hold the fort. He left us here to take enemy territory with a power of truth and love that transforms hearts and minds and will transform our culture and our future. I want to offer you the book that's in the bookstores. You can go online and get it. Uh, you get it on any of the websites. You get in the bookstores, but we'll send it to you. If you'll just do this one thing, because we're going to pray for America, I promise you this is going to bless you. I want you to help us touch some little children that felt like nobody ever noticed, and they sure didn't care. But God does, and He cares through us. And through us, He expresses His love. I want you to watch this. I promise you, you are about to be blessed.
2: This is such a significant moment. There is no water, no water for miles in this area that they could ever go to.
3: You know, waterborne diseases is still one of the biggest killers of children in Africa.
2: And now they have fresh, clean water.
3: It's beautiful, clean water that will only bring them good health.
2: This is about to change their lives forever.
4: For thousands of people mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters. The years of sickness and death caused by contaminated water are about to end at the hands of a young boy. A war against contaminated water has been won. Today, joy emanates from this field like this water springs from this earth. For these mothers, fathers, sons and daughters have been liberated from a captivity that has held them from the time of their birth. But on other fields, much like this one, the war continues. Contaminated water oppresses, takes lives, and gives nothing back. The power to bring that to an end is now in your hands.
3: And it really, really is. Betty, what do you think when you watch that as many times as we've been in those areas and then we've watched the miracle?
2: There's nothing as i watched it again. And James is right, we've seen it. Many times we've been there when that first flow of fresh water, pure clean water, comes out of that spout. But as I watched him, my heart welled up within me because I I remember those moments, and I think I've never been that thirsty that I couldn't just go freely get a drink of water. But these children, and then you see the faces of the mothers because they know what it'll, the difference it'll make. It might save their child just a fresh clean cup of water that they can offer their children when they've done all they could do. But there was nothing more to do, James. But it just blessed my heart to watch that just then. And I feel like if you've ever helped us to build, drill the water wells, you feel the same way. Your heart just flows with joy, overcoming that you were able to be a part of what you just saw.
3: You know, honey, I watched those, uh, those little faces standing there and I so appreciate our wonderful staff and our camera people. They're missionaries themselves and they'll come in on a little child's face and, and I look at those little faces and I think, you know, I may never know you, but I love you. I love you. And um, I think there's so many children in the world that don't hardly even know what that means. But God is looking down at them and He's saying, I love them so much. You remember His son said, When he was dying, beaten, hurting, exhausted, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. What do we give him? Vinegar and gall. You know what we get to do? Every time we give those children, those little children that he says, I noticed and I love, we get to give them water. And every time we do, he said, you did it to me. I wanted it. You're doing it. And boy, I've been able to spend a lifetime seeking to share what he freely offers. I'm asking you today to touch someone with that love. He said, just give a cup of water in my name. And oh, the joy unspeakable for doing it. TO THOSE MOTHERS, THOSE FAMILIES, THOSE COMMUNITIES. I WANT YOU TO GO ONLINE. JUST GO TO LIFETODAY.ORG. GO THERE, IT'S SO EASY. AND MAKE THE GIFT GOD PUTS ON YOUR HEART. OR IF YOU, if you WANT TO, YOU CAN DIAL THE NUMBER. and TAKE YOUR BANK CARD EITHER WAY and, AND USE IT LIKE A CHECK. BUT HERE'S WHAT YOU NEED TO KNOW. WE ARE COMMITTED BECAUSE OF THE DIRECTION OF THE MISSIONARIES AND THEIR HEART TO DRILL 500 MORE WATER WELLS THIS YEAR. COULD YOU DRILL ONE OF THEM? or part of one, they're $4,800. We've got some beautiful gifts to send you to say thank you. But you're giving the gift of life. You're showing them love. They get to see it, experience it. And you get to share it, release that river. Would you do it right now? Go online, use your bank card or dial the number. If you can give a well, $4,800, do it. You'll rejoice. We got a lot of people say, I'll make that a goal every year. We'll do it. If you give 1200 pray three others join you, or 2400 pray one joins you. But remember this, $48, 10 people water the rest of their life. $144, 30 people water the rest of their life. Father, I pray everyone will move right now, moved by your Spirit, make the gift you put on their heart in Jesus' name. Thank you for making that gift. Thank you so much.
0: Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people, a gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people, $72 will impact 15 people, and $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the brand new Free to Be Me 40-day devotional where Betty shares the challenges, victories, and insights God gave her while struggling through fear and insecurity. You'll also receive Betty's book, Free to Be Me. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request Life's Inspirational Coffee Mug Set featuring encouraging quotes and scripture to brighten your mornings for years to come. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today.
3: And I do want to remind you that the beautiful devotional book as well as Betty's story of free to be me and the devotions, that will just bless you, uh, 40 Days in the Word and then Tony Evans's book. I, I would love for all America to hear this man speak truth. I really do, I wish this would be the person they'd call on when crisis comes. Dr. Evans, what do you think? And then give him time to say it. You appreciate Dr. Evans, would you say thanks <laughs> to Tony Evans? Radio program, the Urban Alternative. Tony Evans is the website. TonyEvans.org. TonyEvans.org. If you want the book today and you help us give water, ask for it. We'll send it to you. Tell your friends to get a copy. And do it.
0: Be sure to visit Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Tomorrow, get ready to laugh and cry as best-selling female comedian of all time, Shonda Pierce, shares about the loss of her husband, David.